Are you looking to fine-tune? Whether for your business, your job, your team, or yourself, in each episode, we will be discussing different ideas and opinions using real-world examples to help you see opportunities, innovate, and succeed. Hi, it's Corby Fine, and welcome to Fine Tune. Now, your customers have so many options, so many different ways that they can relay feedback to you. Sometimes they call, other times they fill in surveys. If you're like me, sometimes you just go to Twitter and tell them directly or indirectly, depending on whether or not they're monitoring it. Now, the ways in which your customers provide feedback has never been more complex. Customers are communicating with businesses. They're providing unparalleled insights to inform their brands, their organizations, the companies that they deal with, all kinds of information. Now, the question is, are you as someone working in that business listening? Sometimes you actually think you are, but are you really? Do you really know how to listen to all of those different channels of feedback? Now, joining me today on the podcast is someone who I think has a little bit of insight into making sure not only that you're listening, but that you know what to listen for. Shannon Cachalo is the GM and Vice President of Medallia in Canada. She has a long career focused on all kinds of different verticals and industries and really helping organizations understand what their customers are telling them. Feedback, quality, are you listening? And she has a great experience from different organizations where she, I think you started your career at Achievers, really thinking about B2B SaaS software and helping organizations get the most out of their employees and helping them understand feedback, both from each other, creating great employee engagement programs. Achievers was acquired, so you've been through that route as well, which is a whole other conversation we can talk about. But since joining Medallia over three years ago, you are really in the Canadian landscape helping to champion customer and employee engagement with all of the brands and companies you work with. So Shannon, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks, Corby, so much. I'm such a big fan of your podcast as well. So it's uh, really exciting to speak to you today. Well, thank you. And I know from some of the interactions, you actually do listen. So that's a, that's a, that's a win in my <laughs> For that's sure. That's here in the first place. So why don't you talk a little bit about Medallia and how you landed there? What is it that Medallia does? I'm not sure everybody's aware. Yeah, absolutely. So our company, Medallia, was founded over 20 years ago by both Amy Pressman and Berga Hald. And they were traveling all over the world as consultants. And as you know, pre-pandemic, traveling at a lot of hotels. And you know they wanted to provide ways of giving feedback to these hotels that they were staying at to really you know, increase the amount of engagement and increase how happy they were interacting with these different brands. But they found there wasn't technology, there wasn't a conduit to really provide this level of feedback. So they started Medallia on a, you know, a very simple presence that the more feedback, the more or an organization can listen to both their customers and employees, the better decisions they can make. And that has a real impact on their revenue. So as you mentioned, I'm a general manager of Medallia Canada, and it's an absolute honor to be able to work with all levels of organizations across Canada. And I spend a lot of time with executives on the benefit and how they can truly listen 
and really capture as many signals as possible from both their customers' employees so that they're making decisions with their customers and their employees having a seat at the table. So two things you said there that are, are interesting to me. One, you mentioned technology, but is Medallia a technology company or a services and consulting company? Where do you see yourselves fitting in on that mix? Yeah, good question. So we are a technology company. We are a SaaS-based platform. We went public over two years ago. However, with that, they can be really big technology implementations. We do have world-class people and servicing folks to really ensure that our clients' programs are being developed and implemented with best-in-class in mind. So yeah, technology first, but we definitely have a great service organization. And the second thing you mentioned was, I think even more interesting, you mentioned both the words customer and employee when you talked about signals. So I think many people understand the notion of listening to your customer, but where does the employee fit in? And maybe before we get into that top five list of things we need to be doing, maybe the balance and, and how are you coaching and consulting with your clients to really make sure that the employee's voice is also part of the equation? Yeah, and it's interesting because you mentioned a little bit about my career and I started in HR technology and I am just so passionate about doing whatever we can to engage the front line. And I think we all intuitively understand that happy employees equal happy customers. And that's what really attracted me over to Medallia because I just saw that very clear alignment. And so the CX, as you would, space, the customer engagement space is quite mature, I would say. And now what we're able to do, we're able to take this 20 years of technology that's building the platform and translating it now to employee because that is accelerating at a great place. And we already have the technology and the servicing and the thought leadership to really support that. And uh, since I joined over three years ago, just seeing you know organizations really pay attention and invest and start to be keenly interested in how they engage those employees and how they listen and act appropriately. Yeah, that makes a, a lot of sense to me. So let's jump in. I know we've been back and forth a little bit over, well, what feels like years, but probably been months. And we always have these great conversations on what is it that leaders and organizations need to do to make sure that they're really understanding, not just listening, but understanding their customers. And I think we've kind of solved at least getting it down to a small number we can talk about. So I know the first thing we've talked a little bit about before today was, you know, listening before you lead. Mm -hmm. Maybe talk a little bit about what that means to you and how people can take advantage of what that means. Yeah, so we both have worked for a lot of organizations and I'm sure you've been a part of a big annual survey that goes out to a subset of their customers, they get it back, they celebrate, checklists on the box to the board, and that's it. And um, I'm not saying that there's not a place for the survey, but when we talk about creating cultures that truly listen kind of all aspects to both their customers and employees, and then they make decisions from that, that's what we mean by listening before leading. And that's what we're seeing you know, from Fortune 500 companies and those true leaders really embrace right now. And I'd also like to talk about another really great innovation in the space is, you know, beyond that survey, we're talking about signals 
And it's truly fascinating because your, your customers and your employees, they're talking about you. They're talking in all different facets, but I think traditionally they've only truly captured that in this survey format. But now what we can do is we can leverage technology to gather all of these insights, all of these signals, and we can then use technology for AI and text analytics to really make sense of it so that it's actionable and give it to the right people across the organization. So when we think about listening, I think listening from your social media channels, that's like really exciting, especially in retail right now. Video, again, we're, we're working in this virtual world and you know, being able to listen to your customers in a video format and then use that internally for your employees and all levels of your organization to hear and see the impact that you're having on your customer base is truly transformative. And then what we've also seen in the last year is, you know, many of the interactions that you're having, that organizations are having with their customers are through the contact center, right? Like that is the only human interaction that they're having. And so we actually acquired a company last year where now we're integrating in speech so that we can listen to the conversations and then gather speech analytics, speech sentiment. And then, you know, that's another way of listening to your customers as well, because it's such a, a really important milestone in the customer journey. So I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball at you. Mm -hmm. So through all of the different implementations and engagements that you've had with your clients, and you think about this, this multitude of signals that we keep talking about, is there any signal or data set that's really shocked one of your clients as like, wow, I didn't even know I should be listening to that, or I wish I'd been listening to that or monitoring that sooner because it gave me such insight. And the correlation is, you know, from a data science perspective, sometimes you throw tens of thousands of different variables, never knowing which one is going to garner you the best insight. Is there any kind of little uh, win or learning that you've had through your client engagements of like, wow, I wish I knew that before I engaged with Medallia? Yeah, yeah, great question. You know, I think of a most recent story. I'm a big storyteller and I love learning about our client wins is digital. I think that, you know, spend a lot of money, big investments implementing these digital platform and e-commerce sites for their customers, but sometimes they're not getting that outside in customer sentiment. And so they're learning from a lot of data, data analytics, but there's really not that voice of the customer coming in. You know, what did we miss? Want to hear from you on those challenges or what you like? Uh, it was recently learned from uh, a customer that they had a, a feedback intercept basically on their card abandonment. So let's say you go on the website and you leave, there would be an intercept where we would ask then, you know, what happened? And what they learned was that customers were actually abandoning the cart because they had a minimum threshold of $10 that they had to spend. And so they, they really didn't understand that that would be a big issue. But then they recognized from that customer feedback, they're like, wait a second, we're missing this really large revenue generating source because we've put this kind of minimum standard of $10 there. And so I thought that was really fascinating. And I think that's one of many kind of uh, great ROI impact studies by just listening to your customers in a very important part of that customer journey. Well, at a $10 cap, I'm assuming it wasn't an automotive company, but- uh, No, no, no. <laughs> there's no. always value at all levels of the tank. Exactly. So the second point, 
And we talked about it before a little bit, but the employee and thinking about your background. The second point we've been talking about is leveraging your employee insights. So what do you mean by that? And maybe give us a, a more tangible example. Yes. So maybe it's because I'm married to a Toronto firefighter, but the analogy I love to use is that your employees are almost always the smoke before the fire. So if you think about a really large retail organization that you are running and your employees are front and center every single day interacting with your customers, if you were to ask the employee, what can we do to improve the customer experience? They would know instantly about what those challenges are, what can be done better, the training that they are needed. And it's unfortunate, but not a lot of companies put as much investment into understanding employee engagement than they do with the customer experience. So again, Corby, I'm sure we've worked for organizations. You've got that traditional EX survey that goes out once a year that has 80 questions. And there's a big push to get as many people to fill it out as possible. And then maybe the CEO and the executives get a 30 page report three months after. And then it goes through the wayside and we do this year and year and year again. But what we're seeing is a lot of innovation in the space where now we're starting to pulse and, and gather feedback from employees on an ongoing basis. And we're doing that, again, we're using the same signals for the customers that we are through employee. So we're using digital feedback so that if you're on Slack, you know, you can get a notification, hey Shannon, you're working from home, it's been six weeks, like how are you doing? And you can provide that feedback where it makes sense. So I think it's good to get that employee feedback by video. I think, you know, given your home situation, you hope that it's not like, oh my God, there's a fire and it's actually something a little less uh, detrimental to one's house and livelihood. But I do like that idea. And, you know, I personally have lived the experience of, to your point, the big survey, the 30 page deck, you take, you know, the three or four top elements of feedback and you ultimately decide to pick those couple of things to work on. And then 12 months later, it's like rinse and repeat. So I, I do think the notion of a more consistently always on iterative employee feedback mechanism is really something that I, I know I personally would actually uh, benefit from as well in my own career. So why don't you talk about the third topic that we've got on our list today? Yeah, this is an interesting one. I'm not sure it's talked about as much as it should be. But the third one is around kind of checking your ego at the door. I think individually, everybody finds it hard to get feedback about yourself, especially when it's negative feedback. And I think that holds true for organizations as well. You know, there's an amazing recent Harvard Business Review article by Adam Bryant and Kevin Scharr. And the title is, Are You Really Listening? And they talk about how leaders and executives, they're often trapped in these like bubbles and hard facts and, you know, feedback, hard negative feedback from their customers generally aren't, or they don't have the processes to get up to them. Or if they do, there's like contacts and, and spins to them. But so leaders, you know, really have to embrace feedback in all forms. It has to be part of their daily routines where they're constantly looking for feedback and they have to also create permission and create these cultures where feedback is, is really embedded within the fabric of their organization. So, you know, it's, it's tough. You know, I've spoken to a lot of organizations and we talk about their nirvana of capturing signals from 
all their customers and employees in their different areas and really democratizing it across the organization. And that's all well and good, but some people, you know, kind of hesitate that, wait a, wait a second, we, we can't actually give this feedback to our executive team. Like we, we can't do that. And I'm always kind of surprised by it. These individuals, that, that's their organization, they own it. Like why not, right? Why not really lift the curtains on everything that is going on? Because they're in a position to make a real difference if they have access to that level of data. Yeah, in some regards, it's almost like many people are afraid to have the tough conversation. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is somewhat a tough conversation, but it's almost the opposite. It's almost being more vulnerable and open. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's an, yeah. interesting, an interesting phenomenon. I, I don't know if that that level of output might come from what you know you guys do in terms of working with your clients do you get that granular i mean do you get to the point of of taking the feedback from both the customer and the employee and really getting it down to sort of granular insights or do you guys sort of say hey client here is the data set and uh, here's some areas to go look at but you know good luck where, where do you fit into that equation so I think on all areas of the spectrum. So I could leave a retail location and I could provide feedback as I'm walking out of that store that, you know what, it was way too loud in there. And maybe I'm getting old, Corby. This is just like my pet peeve when <laughs> music is too loud. And that could be delivered to the retail manager in the moment. And they can be like, oh my goodness, did not, you know, did not recognize that our, our music is too loud, we better turn this down. So that is a very granular piece of feedback. But when you think about the executive level, what we do is we leverage intelligent AI engines so that we can really prioritize what that feedback is coming in from, from both their customers and employees so that they can use that to make big decisions. So they generally don't at that level get too granular, but I think for the frontline and the frontline management team, they do. Makes a lot of sense. I'm in a band, so the music's never too loud. But oh, that's, that's my personal opinion. <laughs> uh, and my ears are good. I just had them shut. Yeah. So that brings us to the fourth. And this one to me is, is really interesting. We talk a lot about people who give feedback. You know, they like to give bad feedback. And it's really easy for organizations to focus on what are people unhappy about so that we can go and solve those problems. And when you ask people their best customer experience, Nine out of 10 times, it starts with a problem and the great experience was the resolving of the problem. But mm -hmm. rarely, rarely, rarely do we just naturally default to, wow, I just had this great experience. It just, it started well, it got better. It ended with this like unbelievable, I want to tell all my friends about it and shout it from the rooftops. And then how do you take that and learn from it and repeat it and build it into your own business and, and make sure that that organization does it over and over again? We often forget about placing power in the positive. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because that's a that's just a such a big, big opportunity. I cannot agree more. I could talk about the subject, Corby. We could be on till Friday night. It's a huge, huge passion of mine. And there's a lot of wonderful things that are happening as organizations to continue to go above that survey and capture more signals. Because imagine, Corby, you and your wife have a discussion once a year and you say to each other, hey, how are we doing here? Like, what's, you know what I mean? Like, how's this relationship going? Probably not going to be that positive. You're probably going to take that opportunity to outline not so great things to your partner. 
But what happens if you start to open up those communication channels on an ongoing basis? You start to hear a lot of great things happening. And so that's why I love, you know, working with organizations across Canada to really start capturing those signals on a daily, on a minute basis, because then the proportion or the segment of feedback that's coming in is a lot more positive. And I think that there is so much power in the positive coming in from customers. So a really great client use case over the last year, we are working with a client in probably no, no doubt the hardest hitting vertical. And what they saw is actually an increase in positive feedback from their customers. And again, we're Canadian. And I think we saw that kind of across our client base. But what they did was, is they used all that positive feedback coming in from their customers to keep this North Star for their employees. Their employees were, you know, going into dangerous situations and they said, Let's cut out the noise. Let's remember why we show up day in and day out. And they would leverage that feedback as a communication tool. And I love saying it and it's in my DNA. It'll probably be on my tombstone, but what gets recognized gets repeated is all that amazing. It's a gold mine of feedback coming in from your customers. Like how can you make that as public as possible? Using it in town halls, using it in commercials, uh, using it in all areas because you wanna remind employees and executives and your partners about the impact that they're having on their customer lives. So are there any tactical tips that people can use to try and draw out that positive feedback? How do you actually get your customers to take the time and I know it's not, hey, at the end of this call, we're going to ask you one question. Please press one if you're happy to do it. How do you actually get people to want to and to care about providing that positive feedback? So one of the ways that we do it is try and personalize the experience after feedback. So we acquired a company called Stella Connect. And about six months ago, I'm a huge Lululemon fan, normally living in it. And, uh, you know, I had a online interaction chatting with an agent. She was wonderful, kind of helped me find a size in a store that had this particular leggings. And then I got a Stella Connect feedback survey after this interaction that had a picture of her. And they said, hey, Shannon, can you give us a lot more feedback on Amber, who you were interacting with? And of course, like, of course, I'm going to go out of my way and I'm going to provide all of this wonderful feedback. But then that gets sent back to Lululemon, who can then coach and train and use it to really scale best practices across their contact center. And when you think about this virtual world and we're not learning from each other being side by side anymore. So we have to really be very thoughtful of different ways that we can train and engage our employee base. And the best way to do that is by positive recognition. I like the pictures of Ember or whoever, mm -hmm. yeah, whoever the employee might be. You know, so often we engage with, with organizations through online chat, through phone calls. We really never humanize the conversation. So, you know, great, great way to put some you know, serious meaning behind the ask, right? Put the person in the picture, the picture in front of you and say, hey, how was that experience? And I do think that would draw from me anyway, a, a more honest and transparent opinion and might actually make me not want to be as direct and mean if I might have gone to Twitter in a completely anonymized <laughs> world. So I like that point. And that kind of brings us to the, the fifth on our list, asking the right questions. You know, everything we've talked to up till now is all about 
grabbing the signals, understanding them, making sure the employees are part of it, power in the positive and, and personalizing. But at the end of the day, if you don't ask, you're not going to get. And asking the right things is going to get you the right outcome. So maybe uh, extrapolate that a little for us. Absolutely. So, you know, early on as a parent, I learned never to ask my kids, what do you want for dinner? What are they going to say? Of course, they're going to want ice cream and pizza and candy. Like, I just, I don't do that anymore, right? It's like, hey, it's Tuesday. We're having Brussels sprouts and chickens. And, you know, we're, we're going to be okay with this. On taco night, you're having Brussels sprouts? <laughs> wow. Remind me not to come to your house. <laughs> we're very healthy. No, just kidding. We are absolutely not. But I, I think this also translates when you're thinking about feedback and how you're gathering it from your customers and employees. What you don't want to do is ask and never close the loop and never respond. And so, especially on the employee side, I work with a lot of organizations that'll say, well, we, you know, we can't ask our employees what would help them be a, a more engaged workforce because they're going to come back with, you know, requests that, that we can't support. And one of the things that we would challenge or that we recommend that our clients do is set up communication, town halls, messaging, so that you can provide context. And so one of the clients that we work with, every three months, they host a town hall by the CEO. And this is an organization capturing feedback, both from their customers and employees. And the CEO, every single quarter, gets on stage and says, here are three things that we're doing based on customer employee feedback. And here are three things that we're not doing. But the most important about the what we're not doing is he goes into detail why. Most people are intelligent and they understand, but it's the context that are needed in order to truly you know, absorb why these things can happen. So I think it's not only about asking the right questions, making sure that you're asking them in a way that customers and employees want to respond. A lot of people do not want to sit down and you know type out a response and spend 20 minutes. We just, we don't have that time or that amount of attention. So asking them in video, right? That's a really great example of uh, a new and innovative way to capture listening feedback but then also just making sure that you have the tools in place to respond to all that feedback appropriately. Though I, I do have to admit, I have seen this influx lately from the other side, from the, the seller side and the, the B2B and the hmm. business salespeople yeah. using video to try and personalize to me as a buyer. And they hold up a sign and it says Corby on it so that, you know, I know they recorded it just for me. It's not cut and dry from a whole list of names. Not that my name would ever be on that list, but I, I do find it... I have to say, I, I actually find it almost over the top, mm. but I, I understand in a, in a customer feedback mechanism or an employee feedback mechanism, how it might be utilized different. Because I've heard you talk about video a lot. And maybe the last point then is, you know, where do you see video going as a medium for more ongoing relationship building and to your point, signal listening between organizations, their customers, and their employees. Have you seen anything really interesting with the use of video? Because I'm not loving it as the recipient of sales calls, but maybe I'm just missing something. Yeah, no, me either, Corby. I'm not, I'm not, I get those sales calls as well. I'm not a huge fan of um, the hokey signs, carrying it up. What we're talking about 
is listening and creating easy ways for customers and employees to provide feedback in a mechanism that they want to. So that's where I think video comes in. And you know what we're also seeing is that it's sometimes hard to translate the emotion behind feedback in these 30 page reports that companies are putting together. But the clients that we're working with, they're actually capturing uh, video feedback and they're putting like together video reels that then they can use at their board meetings, they can use it in investor presentations, but they can also use it, again, I'm gonna go back to recognition and really showcasing the impact that uh, the employees have on customers and they're showcasing these video reels throughout an organization. And again, we're, you know, I think one of the things that is gonna be top of mind in 2021 is we've made incredible advances in our digital transformation working virtually, but I do think there's a need to get back to like being human. And I think that video in all different form really humanizes the experience. You know, I can't imagine if we didn't have Zoom and you and I, let's just say over the last year, we could just chat with each other. So why wouldn't we take video, which we know reworks well, and then translate that into other realms of our organization, such as capturing feedback? talking about video on a podcast <laughs> the irony you're right you're right but uh, you know it's still powerful but so is this long form speaking as well and you know uh, i just don't think that can happen it's a great on a one-to-many but generally can't happen on a one-to-one basis in a, a large organization but fully aligned so mm -hmm. um Again, Shannon Cacciolo, uh, GM of Medallia Canada. We have a great list. I'm going to recap it for everyone. You know, five things that leaders and businesses in general need to do to really understand their customers. One, we talked about listening before you lead, um, trying to move away from the, the one-off annual survey and really make it more of an ongoing experience. Two, leveraging your employee insights. Often when we're thinking about feedback from customers, we forget the fact that they're dealing with our employees on a day-to-day -day basis. And we need to make sure that all of those signals are brought into the mix. Three, pulse check your ego, self-explanatory, but you know, often we also need to make sure that we're having what we might perceive of as the tough conversation, really about making sure that we're doing the right things, listening to the right things and solving problems for our employees and our customers and not being afraid of it. And you also put it in a really great way, which was being transparent and maybe being more open with your employee base to bring them into the fold and get the most out of that relationship with your customer. Four, placing power in the positive, turn the 90-10 ratio of bad feedback and good feedback into a 90-10 of good to bad, right? What are the things we can do as an organization to stimulate the positive, to get people to want to talk? And I love the amber personalization. I'm not buying many Lululemon tights these days or leggings. Well, you should. But <laughs> I, I have shorts. Um, I have other leggings for running and biking, but I think that's a really great example. I, I haven't I have to be honest, I haven't seen that anywhere else. And I, I think that's a great one to learn from. And and then finally, just make sure you're actually asking the right questions. I've said in other podcasts, you know, my my grandmother always says, you don't get if you don't ask. And I think what you've added to that is you don't get what you want if you don't ask the right questions. And so with Got that, I, I really appreciate you being with me today. And thank you for spending the time and look forward to connecting again soon. Thank you so much, Kirby. Take care. Take care. been listening to Fine Tune. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. 
You can connect with me on Twitter at CFine, through LinkedIn at CorbyFine, or visit my website, CorbyFine.com. Fine Tune is produced by me, Corby Fine. Thanks for listening.